Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. If you had the cover and you had the over then you're a pretty happy person about Texas getting a 48-13 win over Rice on Saturday at NRG Stadium. But on to bigger and better things for the Longhorns, the Big 12 opener Saturday night, Royal Memorial Stadium, ABC 630, and we will break it down here on this latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. Matt, we're seeing some new trends with Tom Herman. We've got two double-digit spreads where they've covered. They've hit the over. Yeah. Times are a-changing. Yeah, the <laughs> offense. Offense is coming around. That's big. And then, yeah, that was sort of just luck at the end of this past one. But, yeah, it's pretty cool to see how good Vegas is that you have these pointless scores at the end of games, flipping spreads multiple times. It happens a lot. That was a, that was a bad beat for some people with Deshaun Jameson running that kickoff back. And that was the thing. It was a good beat. Everybody's like, oh, no. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah, it just all depends what like side Like I said, if you had the cover any over, that that kickoff return, you were celebrating. It very, very rarely, Rod, has in a 30-point game a kickoff return for a touchdown mm-hmm. in the last minute been celebrated. Probably yeah, like that one I was. know a lot of people that were that were celebrating. They were happy about that. And good teams, what did say? Good teams win, great teams cover. And that's yeah, uh, that's kind of where we're at with the Rice game as we keep talking about the cover and the over because that's how we kind of kept that one interesting. Uh, <laughs> Lifetime Longhorn 2002, UT All-America 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and he year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas in 40 acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes in, I promise he will wear it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU. And when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, you get the black card. Number Ooh. 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. And, Thanks for uh, the intro, brother, as always. Yeah, well, guys, we're not going to spend too much time on Rice because yeah, I'm going to we'll jump into Oklahoma State. But, Rod, we talked about Texas getting the cover, Texas getting the over. Let's start with the defense. They did exactly what I wanted them to do, what I said the goal should be, which was just be great on third down, be really good getting off the field. Don't let Rice extend drives. That's the only way that game was going to get even remotely interesting. And that defense gave Rice no hope from the start. Rice 0 for 6 on third down in the first half, and by that point, you're up 31 nothing going into the locker room. So as far as I'm concerned, mission accomplished. Yeah, I mean, obviously you put the, uh, the subs in and uh, some things changed. I wish Kobe Boyce would have called that pick six. Uh, if this is, you know, obviously this is not a game that would have tested the secondary at all. I mean, they came out literally in 21, 22, and 23 personnel at times. I mean, they were as old school and, and as antiquated as you could get with their offensive philosophy. Hell, even t- forced Tart Orlando to put four down linemen uh, in there at one point, which is something Tart Orlando that hadn't done since before his Utah State days. But I wish he would, because I think, I don't think it helped the confidence of the secondary, but it didn't hurt their confidence because right. they really weren't tested. And I wish. I think the D-line came out more confident from this game, and maybe the defensive front did too because guys like Juwan Mitchell got a chance to play and played well, you know what I mean, and made some plays. Yep. So I think the front may have come out a little bit more confident because they were tested against Rice a little bit. But the secondary, I don't know if they gained any confidence or swagger from this game. Didn't lose any either. Didn't, I don't think it hurt their confidence. But getting a pick six, I don't know. I think it helped Kobe Boyce's confidence going into the Oklahoma State game. Where, he, where you're going to need him to be confident. Where you're going to need him to be confident and feeling good about himself. And, and his the best version of himself. So, uh, but for the defense, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Taquan, Malcolm Roach and uh, Taquan Graham and Ke- Kendrick Coburn. Uh, listen, if Kendrick Coburn can just kind of stay on this pace that he's on, and and I've said before, he's not Puna Ford just yet. He's a Puna Ford starter kid, but he is he is starting to be disruptive. It was Rice. But you can see him at times be disruptive. He ain't Puna yet where every damn play, you know what I mean, he's demanding a double team. But you can see him resetting the line of scrimmage. And I wonder, man, whenever that light goes off and it flipped, it flipped, that, that switch flips for him, 
this Todd Orlando defense, the reverberation of it's going to be felt all throughout this defense. Yeah. Right now, it's just not there yet. That was a perfect game where you get to see that one type of play from Coburn, though, whenever he's taking on a double team, and you just see, like, yeah. this year, it doesn't even matter that it's Rice. It's just like, oh, wow, that's the type of thing that mm-hmm. you want to see, and you don't, you rarely get to see when you've been at Texas the past decade. Like yeah. you said, Puna made plays like that. I remember you, we saw flashes oh. of Hassan Ridgeway as a youngster, but then it never turned into fruition. You don't want him to be flashes. You want him to be consistent. Sons- Exactly. Every play. Exactly. Like when Ocam came in, and it just was like, okay, you have a grown man on the offensive line yeah. as a young player. Yeah. Yeah. Rod, Rod Wright, the guy you played with, Rod mm-hmm. was the same way as a true freshman. Rod Wright was like, like you that. Could, you could see, okay, yeah, this guy's special. Yeah. So I think my I think my midseason hopefully is by OU. Hopefully it's Oklahoma State. You'll see Country Coburn. You'll say you'll recognize him becoming a grown man. I think if you stay, if you're paying attention to it, you can see it now. But I would like him to jump off the screen. I don't know if that happens just yet. Pony used to jump off the screen because you'd be like, what the hell? That doesn't look right. How did he penetrate? Who is that guy in the backfield? Well, why is he, he just doesn't back look there? like a and he's he so look, quick. Yeah, so I, I or think, like, why is Malik Jefferson running free? Oh, three guys were trying to block Puna Ford, and <laughs> yeah. the B-gap was wide open. Um, so, yeah, I think Keandre Coburn's going to get there. And obviously the coaches have a lot of faith. He's doing that in practice. I just want him to do it in the games every time. But I think he's getting there, too. So I liked what I saw on the defensive line. I understand it's Rice. But – we wanted them to be more disruptive. That's what, and the coaches were like, they're being disruptive. We're like, well, I don't necessarily think they're being disruptive enough. Joe Burrow didn't look disrupted to me. He looked really smooth, and he looked like he was you know, in stride. He didn't ever look like you uh, disoriented him. I think now you can get to the defense line where they can just – we don't need you to get sacks, uh, even tackles for loss and, and hurries all the time. We just need you to reset the line of scrimmage and be in the backfield, force that quarterback off of his – you know, uh, off of whatever his yeah. landmark is. You know, make him move around, make him uncomfortable. That's all you want. And if they can do that versus Spencer Sanders – that's half the battle right there. And that's mm-hmm. the thing with a guy like Coburn, you know, just the way that stats work, not always does a defensive lineman get any credit for what Agreed. his impact is. And that's the type of thing that people may look down and be like, well, what's going on if he is improving? And it's sort of hard to be able to be the judge of those things if because every case is different. Different Very four-man true. lines, three-man lines are different. Their jobs ways. are different. You exactly. don't know what their responsibility are, is based on the Exactly. And, so yeah, that's why it's easy that you can get sort of just – lost there and not sure with what's going on if you don't know yeah. what you're looking for. Totally agree. Yeah, I, you know, to your point, Rod, about what Tom Herman said coming out of the LSU game, I think you've got tangible evidence now of how hard the defensive line plays. Not that you didn't before because the numbers weren't there. And like Matt said, especially in a three-man front, sometimes the numbers won't be there. But Great. I just need to see Taquan Graham flash. <clears throat> I need to see Malcolm Roach flash. Yeah. I need to see Colbert flash. And Roach, I think, has done a really good job actually through the first three games. He of just doing that, just kind of that dirty work. No, I agree. Uh, that four I am supposed to do. But <clears throat> excuse me, real quick on Coburn, Malcolm. I talked to Malcolm Roach about Coburn in the post game. You know, kind of what he saw from Coburn leading up to the Rice game. Because typically, when a guy has a game like that, you, you saw it in the, on the practice field. Mm-hmm. And Malcolm Roach said, coming out of LSU, like Keandre Coburn, like that almost woke him up. Like he came in the next day after the game, after the LSU game, and made it a point to tell everybody, yeah, I'm going to study film harder. I'm going to take practice more serious. I'm going to be in my craft. And Malcolm Roach said what you guys saw tonight was basically what we saw in practice all week. You know, it's interesting, and I wonder the mindset of him because he didn't – obviously he didn't have a bad game versus LSU. Uh, our – if I did have it in criticism, it was that on those passing downs, I would like the D line to be more disruptive. But how can you do that when the guy's getting the ball out of his hands in two point four seconds? Exactly. You know what I mean, like it's gonna be really tough to do. Um, so I, I think that game. I think Keandre Coburn, in my opinion, I think he understood. Oh man, I can I can actually beat these guys up front. Like I can I can yeah. beat LSU. And he, and actually got to the point where he maybe he decided I wasn't prepared enough. I and you know what I mean like I should have been if I'd have been more prepared I could have dominated LSU. Yeah. Like I would just beat you know what I mean? Yeah. If I'd have been more I, I felt like that coming out of the game sometimes like damn right B if you'd have been more prepared you you went up against a really good wide receiver and you didn't have a great week of practice. You know what I mean? You had a Tuesday where you were you wasted a you wasted a day of practice, you know what I mean? And uh, watching as much film as you were supposed to. You know what I mean? Like I, I I remember coming out of games like and I still had a damn good game. It, Damn, what I if I'd have been, been prepped? Good. I'd have been amazing out there. I'd have, I'd have, I'd have jumped off the screen. I, I wonder if Kendrick Coburn had one of those moments. Like, I went up against LSU, 
And actually, I could have watched more film. I could have worked harder in practice. I could have been more prepared. Damn, I'm about I'm about to wreck shop. And Almost I, and, gives and you confidence. Oh no, I hope that's it. Yeah. Joseph Asai recently had one of those moments. He said he after LSU, he's like, man, you know what? I had some lazy steps, lazy downs. I got to play better. I'm, you know, and I think that's just a man in a mirror moment. Every great player hopefully goes through that moment where you are your biggest critic. Yeah, exactly. Right. You mentioned the D-line rod. I think on defense, that was the group coming out of the Rice game that I think gained the most confidence. Agreed. Offensively, and we'll get to Sam Ellinger here in a minute. But when we'll talk, talk about the injury of Joseph Asai, too. We'll talk about that here in a little bit, yeah, and how that all plays into yeah. uh, what I think the, the, the most underrated thing about Mike Gundy is. But when you look at the offense, I think the offensive line, the confidence they continue to play with, I'm surprised at how quickly that group has come together because I think coming into the year, we all were on the same page. Mm -hmm. And I think the fan base at large was in terms of, you know, this group, if you just look at these five guys compared to the five guys in the spots they were last year, this group is more talented. No doubt. But we all know there's a lot more that goes into being a good offensive line than just talent across the board. And I think they gained confidence. I, I was surprised at how clean they played at times against Louisiana Tech for an opener. Uh, you know, Tom Herman said they don't give out MVPs and losses, but if they did, the the offensive line would have been the team MVP for the LSU game. I agree with that. And Rod, it just looked really clean against Rice. And, and, and Tom Herman said this, and, and you can say it's coach speak or whatever, but you know, you can tell there were some negative plays at times during that game because it was Rice was going high risk, high reward. I mean, they're going to stunt and you know try to mix yeah. things up. They got and, no, they got they got nothing to lose. Exactly. Yeah. So, which is the exact opposite of how they run their offense but that's another story <laughs> yeah. for another day but very bizarre you know they just stayed patient stayed with it and at the end of the day it's another 500 yard effort for this offense but even with the injury to Zach Shackelford they moved Derek Kerstetter to center get Denzel Lokofer in there and that yeah. group in the second half you have a 91 yard drive coming yeah. off your goal line so I just love where this offensive line is right well, now. I, I don't know if I can say enough good things that's about why you got to give her a pan a lot of credit yeah like, we've had Zach Shackelford get hurt two years in a row, usually your center gets hurt. I mean, you're, it decimates that offensive mm-hmm. line. Other than the anchor, your left tackle, you can't think of a worse position where you can lose your top guy. Usually there's a precipitous drop-off for any team, right? Yeah, think about yeah for Charlie Strong, right? Um, but with, with Herb Hand's cross-training philosophy, and he tries to have as many guys cross-trained as possible, I think four of the five projected starters uh, for the preseason for the offensive line, they played multiple positions. And we all been saying on this show, Kerstetter is the MVP of that line, not because he was the best player, that's Cosme, and not because he was necessarily the leader, that's Shaq. Hmm. All right, he was the most important piece because he's good, not great, at every position on the O line and can play every position on the O line. Now that's being tested, and you're right, when he when Shaq went down, yes, I think everybody's heart skips a beat, but the offense kept it moving. That was, I mean, you we really didn't notice that much of a of a change yeah. on the offensive line. And like, that's what you want. And you made the great point right there that it kept everybody else in their comfort zone and yeah. had that one malleable piece that instead of having to change up three or four different things and adding all these variables or uncertainty, having a piece like that that can move and yep. basically, like we talk about manufactured depth, this is actually one of the times when it's playing out that way because at first when you see Shackelford go down, you're like, oh no, this isn't good. This is the you worst time. Freak out. You're, you're like, like, oh my oh, God, no, in this right. game oh, no. and it doesn't matter. Yeah. But then at least the production is survivable and then to hear that Shackelford may be back and ready to go, so that's even better. Yeah. Yeah, Shackelford is probable, but Rod, to your point, and we've said this, uh, even if he's not, I don't think anybody is really that concerned if Derek Kersetter has to be your starting center. I think no. the, the bigger issue at that point is uh, can, Denzel Okafor the right tackle, yeah. and can he hold that thing down? That's, that's the question. At the, You know what? I think he can. I mean, at one point he was going to be a projected starter at right tackle for the Longhorns too, so – I think he can. Um, I think he can hold it down at right tackle. He just has to be um, average. You know what I mean? He, doesn't he just have, can't be bad. Exactly. He can't be just terrible. don't be. Yeah, because yeah, you be have the, Sam. Sam can. Yeah, it's in his got, line of sight. Exactly. Right you got good pieces all around you. You got, I mean, Tom Herman loves the 11 personnel. So it's a really good chance, depending on mm-hmm. how they use the tight end or the H back. They're going to give maybe the right tackle a little bit more help than they mm-hmm. give Cosme, where you don't can hold up. So there's so many different things you can do. You know, the, you know, the chips by the running backs and the quick game, which we know the Longhorns love the quick game. I'm not worried about the, the offensive line. 
at all. And I trust Herb Hand. I'm actually, I know that sounds weird to say, I'm not worried about the O-line. It's Even a big turnaround. It's Chad awesome. All, all of the worries, the things yeah. that plague the program, the symptoms we talked about, not having a quarterback, not having yeah. structured offense, not having offensive line, like a lot of these things seem to be fixed, or yeah. at least when they go wrong aren't nearly as bad. Yep. Yeah, and I, and I think this offensive line, Rod, they should be able to reestablish the line of scrimmage against Oklahoma State, whether Zach Shackelford's in there or not. I know we'll get to Oak State here in a little yeah. bit, but I don't know. Is their defense worse than it was last year? Uh, that is a good question. It was, I mean, it's, it had, they've never been. I sort of say they haven't been spectacular anyway. So I don't know. It all depends on the personnel. I I, I do think they're secondary. I like AJ Green. Yeah, AJ Green is a good player. He got beat a couple of times versus Tulsa though. Tulsa, yeah. Tulsa threw it threw it deep on him a few times. But as as we know, you know when whether it's been Chris Boyd or especially Holton Hill, Todd Orlando's first year. I mean. You're willing to take that because you know more often than not your guy can lock down half the field and your guy's going to beat their guy more often than not. Very true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and AJ Green's one of the better corners in the country. Yes, so, that'll uh, be a good matchup that, for Texas. Yes, with the with Colin Johnson listed as probable, but it seemed like he'll hold him out against Rice was a was a good precautionary move. Uh, that was a that was a great that was just smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a smart move. No. Uh, you know, I want to I want to get to Sam Ellinger, Rod, but let's talk about this personnel situation. You mentioned the eleven personnel, and we talked about this on the Rodcast on Monday, and I want to talk about it here as, as Texas gets ready for Oklahoma State. With the emergence of Jake Smith, like you know, Devin Duvernay is not yeah. going anywhere at that H role, and, yeah. I, and I think they've done a really good job of scheming up that position in ways that benefit Devin Duvernay. Get him the ball in it positions is. where he can stick a foot in the ground and get vertical. It's evolved from the L the LJH position. Yeah. I love it now. Yeah. Like it's just malleable. You're right, depending on who plays it. And yeah. now we're seeing the emergence of Jake Smith. Six mm-hmm. catches against Rice on six targets, seventy-five yards, two touchdowns. Had the fifty-three-yard bomb on the seam ball. It looks so natural, man. Him in that H position. And Tom Herman was asked on Monday in the press conference, you know, how do you get Devin Duvernay, and Jake Smith on the field at the same time? And his response was, "Well, why do we need to? Well, right now, well, you right now you really don't. You don't. It's not. It's, yeah, it's not a necessity. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's why he answered the question that way. Yeah, and yeah, and, and I'm not knocking Tom Herman at all for answering. No, I'm saying right now he doesn't. They don't need to because they made yeah. it work. And, and by the way, 11 personnel is the most popular personnel package right. at the NFL or the college level. And to m- yeah. my point on this, and I wrote about this on the site, it's up to Jake Smith to force the hand of the staff for them to make a change. In other words, if Jake Smith just keeps making plays when he's in there, at some point the staff's going to say, yeah, you know what? We really do have to look well, at Well, that's what him. we heard about Brendan Eagles, right? That's what we heard. Apparently, Brendan Eagles in training camp was so he was so dynamic. It's unbelievable. That's like, why Duvernay's at the age. Right? He's like, oh, man, exactly. He's like, he afforded us the luxury of putting Devin, du- at the, uh, Devin Duvernay at the H position. We're like, okay, that sounds really cool. And oh, he's also, because now we have so many great dynamic wide receivers with Colin Johnson and Devin Duvernay in the slot and they're bringing in Jake Smith and now Brendan Eagles is stepping up. Man, we're going to run even a 10 personnel package at times, which I still think we're going to see. It's just, yeah. we wanted more. We wanted to see it versus LSU. I think everybody wanted to see it versus LSU. I don't know if you're going to see it versus LSU. I think because of your theory, Jeff, that Tom Herman actually prioritizes the Big 12 games over the even the LSU game, even yeah. though it was one of the biggest games in Texas football history at home, you may see him break out the new the, the bells and whistles and all the new innovation versus Oklahoma State. He did say this is kind of a empty the playbook kind of game for them, especially since you lost Texas lost five in a row versus Gundy. But I'll and say this. One, one thing on that real quick, Rod, right. I don't think people need to lose sight of. I think having the bye week next week really makes it an empty the chamber kind of game. Great point, too. Great yeah. point on that, too. Uh, but getting back to the H position, because Devin DuVernay right now is your most dynamic wide receiver, this is the beauty of it, why Tom Herman at one point his hand will be forced, right? Jake Smith is stepping up, accelerated rate of development right now. Everybody can see it. It's obvious that guy needs to play more. Um, Devin DuVernay, you can't take him off the field. They play the same position, but mm-hmm. Devin DuVernay has played both outside and inside. Um, but here's the third piece, the tight end position. Right. Although you love them as a good blocker, Tom Herman, and we get it, all right? They're great blockers, great. Um, so I'm not, nobody's saying stop playing 11 personnel. I don't think anybody said that. We're just saying more Jake Smith. So how do you solve that? In my opinion, you just have to have Jake Smith and Devin DuVernay on the field at the same time, and maybe instead of playing 11 personnel 85% of the time, which mm. is probably what Texas does, somewhere around that number, you play it 70% of the time, and those extra 15% of the time, we need Jake Smith and DuVernay on the field at the same time. Four wide sets. You need your four personnel. wide sets. And and you can work it how you want to work it. Hell, I even said you they're should in have They're in their a, natural spot should, with both well, in the slot. If you're, well, in a, if you're in 10 personnel, I mean, you can get them out there. Both and of them can play in the slot. But also, listen, Malcolm Epps is bigger, actually weighs more, 
than Cade Brewer. If you really need a guy out there that's that big, and, and by the way, with your 11 personnel, all you're running right now is four wide sets most of the time anyway. <laughs> most of the time they're just, they're just lining up Cade Brewer in the slot. My thing is give defenses more to worry about. And I nothing against Cade Brewer, but Cade Brewer is a blocker. He's he's good. He's no yep. Andrew Beck, so he's not giving you an elite advantage as a blocker. And when you line him out there in the slot, trust me, teams aren't freaking out about him as a pass catcher either. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is give teams more to worry about. That way, Jake Smith being on the field to me, defenders have to account for him. You have to allocate resources to stop that guy. You have to allocate resources to stop Duvernay. Same thing with Colin Johnson. Brennan Eagles may be in that category too. <laughs> Every time they target him, is basically right. a touchdown. And when you get to that point, it's like, well, we're going to run out of resources because who we go, who's going to stop Sam? And that's when you put them in an impossible situation. That's when you're your next level. That's yeah. when it's like, well, it can't be stopped. You just got to pick which way you want to die. You want to get shot, you want to get stabbed. And you know what I mean? Like, which one is, is more amenable to you? And that group, if you do go 10, you may end up in the best 11 on the field, which is the objective that Could Texas that wants. And right, but right now, as you said, you know, preferring to have 11 personnel, because especially if you're, say, down offensive linemen, you could see how a coach would be a little bit afraid to go away from it. But when you look about just the shades, the amount of percentage of plays that you go, you know that they have the capability to do it and all we've heard from Herman that makes me think that has kept him from doing it to this point is talking about Jake Smith learning the offense and really grasping his job within it to where moving him to a different type of position within the wide receiver realm with four wide sets may be different so that's where you'd be moving Duvernay you would since they both played the same position inside the three wide sets Duvernay is the type of the guy that can play all different spots so you can actually keep it normal to I Jake agree. Smith in that situation and just I mean your basic air raid the way that Cliff Kingsbury puts his best two targets in the slot <laughs> those two in the slot are just going to be such a tough weapon that at least I bet opposing coaches it already is concerned their mind, and they do know that it's a possibility. We just as Texas fans would like to see. All right, it is time for our first break on this week's show, but on the other side, there is plenty of more Texas football talk. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Start to look at Texas and Oklahoma State. Let's do it. There's a pretty damn good quarterback duel going to happen this weekend with Spencer Sam Ellinger and Sanders. Spencer Sanders, who... Okay. Was a great high school quarterback at Denton Ryan before he had a knee injury, and Mike Gundy ends up with him. And you figure, Rod, as dynamic as this kid was in this offense, if it works, holy crap, Mike Gundy's got him a quarterback. And you <laughs> look, I was good with quarterbacks. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. look at Spencer Sanders and Chuba Hubbard at running back, and we all watched the game last year in Stillwater and saw what Tylen Wallace did to the Texas secondary. Rod, you probably got to go back to. 2010 when Mike Gundy had Brandon Whedon, Kendall Hunter, and Justin Blackman to find the last time he's had the quarterback running back three-headed monster like he's got right now. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's always got some great personnel, but I'm with you, man. This is an explosive trio, extremely explosive. So I'm going to agree with you on that. I'm trying to go back and look and see if – Justin Hill, who's the receiver with Justice, Justice Hill when he was there? Uh, he didn't have no. really a dynamic receiver really teamed up with. I'm sure that was somebody productive. Yep. And then yeah, yeah. 08 with Dez and uh, Robinson just added with Hunter. I'm trying to so go through good. my brain and get my yeah, Oklahoma no, State you're right. Yeah. Get no? my Oklahoma State receivers. Yeah, no, no, no. But that's either way. My point is this. James Washington was there, yeah. James Washington. Yeah, yeah so they Mason. did have a good one. There you yeah. go. Now they're there <laughs> with the Steelers but I just, That's together. how good I think this this group is. You said it's better than the Justice Hill, James Washington. Yeah, because they didn't so. have the – Mason okay. Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. That was a pretty damn good one. I know he's always got a trio. That's one thing about Mike Gundy. Y'all gets himself a little trio there. I'll say this. What worries me the most, I know this sounds crazy, what worries me the most is that I, I, I trust Todd Orlando to come up with a good game plan. I, usually his game plans make sense to me early on. But what do you decide to take away? Yeah. And do you have the resources to take away more than one thing? Because it's just it's three different problems he's got to solve. Chuba Hubbard, who's leading the country right now in rushing yards. And what you got to look at his yards after contact. I mean, I want to say like 40% of his yards have come after contact. Something freaky like that, man. He's a, he's a beast. And then you got Tyler Wallace, nation's leading receiver and also leading in receiving touchdowns. We know him very well. So you know you got to devote more than one guy to Tyler Wallace. Please don't let him end up man on man on one of them corners. Please don't do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Chuba Hubbard, you know you got to put guys in the box to stop him. Then on top of that, you got a, a, a plus one, a dual threat quarterback. 
a quarterback that's, I think, second on that team in rushing right now. So you got to account for him because that's the guy that will just keep the chains moving on you when everything else is broken down and you've allocated resources. So he's got three problems that he's got to solve, and I don't know if he's got the resources to do it. And, and back to the injury. Before we talked about injuries earlier. So offensively, Colin Johnson is probable, held him out against Rice. He yeah. should be good to go. Got offense got Danny Young back in the Rice game from the thing. ankle injury, so he's good to go. He looked good, too, actually. Zach Shackelford, probable. He's supposed to be limited in practice early in the week, kind of see where he is, but we talked about the offensive line. If you get yeah. Kerstetter and Okafer, there's been much worse scenarios around here on the offensive line no than, doubt. than that. Yeah. But defensively, Rod, is where it's going to hurt you because you know, if you're Todd Lander, you know you're not going to have DeMarvion Overshone, and you know you're not going to have B.J. Foster. No B.J. Foster. So, I would think Cowboys probably out this week. I'm, I, I just don't think you have the personnel. To I was going to say I don't know if you do. It would be, the whole point of Cowboy package was to get your best eleven on the field, and you had an embarrassment of riches at safety. You had like five or six different guys that can start at safety. Now you're I mean, down. You still got four. You still got four. <laughs> you're still doing pretty good. I was going to say you're still all right. You, you got Brandon Jones, Caden Stearns, Chris Brown. You're Josh still Thompson, all right. Yeah. Josh Thompson. You're still all right. But. I'm with you. I think now your lightning package may be that may be as deep as you go in your sub packages, and, and you can still do lightning and still be really effective. You got your two corners, like you said, you got four safeties. To me, the the, the answer to your question is how healthy is Joseph Osai for this game? Because we know he's not going to be a hundred percent. The defensive MVP, you could argue. But if he's if you get Joseph Osai at eighty five at ninety, oh yeah. You can still make that work. If it's Joseph Osai at closer 70 to 50, or 60, then, then, you then Mike Gundy issues. could take advantage then of Then maybe him. you're only using Joseph Osai situationally on third downs or whatever. Yeah. And that's not good. If if it were me, Rod, even though you don't have, you know, we'll see what happens with Joseph Osai. You know you're not going to have him at 100%. I just, I roll covers to Tylen Wallace, and I take my chances with Sanders and Hubbard. Okay. I, I if I'm Take and I don't know how Todd Orlando's going to approach it, but given what happened last year, if I'm Todd Orlando, my mindset is I can't let Tylen Wallace win this game for Oklahoma State. Yeah, because I'd rather die, you know, death of a thousand cuts, I guess. Then yeah, because you hate Tylen Wallace just blows the game wide open for yeah. you, and then you're playing from a deficit. And I think Texas is a better team when they can play in front, when they can play with a little bit of a lead, grind out that clock on these 12-place, 75-yard drives and things like that nature and force their opponent to get a little bit desperate. But I've watched that Oklahoma State Tulsa film. Oklahoma State loves the inside and the outside zone. So their main running plays are probably going to be inside zone, outside zone, and they're going to run uh, zone read. Uh, they'll run, they'll run some of that stuff out of the pistol formation with the running back right behind the quarterback, and they'll run like an H counter. Those kind of the three, the four bread and butter that's run That's kind of plays, been the staples run of the concepts. Gundy run game Remember, for a while now. And that's what, yeah. we, that's what they did against Texas, right? Last year they did this linebackers. They stretched them out, right? Kept running that outside zone, and Texas could never catch and up. They were running it. with some misdirection and two backs in the back. You had one back going one way, another back going the other way. Boom, and run I'm that I'm glad stretch. you brought that up because Tom Herman was asking. And I think, you know, we heard like Tom Herman talking about Ed Orgeron. Eh, we're cordial, you know, we see each other on the road yeah, yeah. and say hi. Yeah, Tom Herman really respects Mike Gundy, and you can tell that the way he talks about Mike Gundy. I can agree with that. Talked about his yeah. you know, recruiting acumen in terms of evaluations and how he develops yeah. guys. He said, I got zero guys on my roster who, who received an offer yeah. from Texas. Yeah. Zero. He, you know what? Said it with pride. Yeah. Zero. None. Here's the most <laughs> I don't un- want those guys. I, when, when push comes to shove, if I'm ranking the Big 12 coaches, I think Mike Gundy's number one. I would in the conversation, though. Yeah. I would probably rank Gundy one, Patterson two. Riley, Riley, three. Riley Herman, Harmon, three, whatever. How are, yeah. Matt rolls up there for me too. Whatever. Matt Campbell too. Campbell, damn good gosh, coaches in the Big Twelve. Damn good coaches yeah, in this league. Yeah, yeah. And K State coaches starting out pretty good. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you go down to Stark Vegas and get you a win. That's good That's on, yeah. on K State for doing that. The most underrated thing about Mike Gundy, Rod, and this goes back to last year's game. We kind of know the staples of a Mike Gundy offense, mm-hmm. but it's almost unrecognizable based on opponent. Because what the one thing I think Mike Gundy is really good at, if there's a weakness on your defense. He will identify that weakness and exploit the you-know-what out of it until you either do something or he just gets bored and decides there's some other advantage he wants. He, there's something yeah. else he wants to take advantage and of. You're right. Nobody may be better at building a game plan around your weakness. Yeah, and, and, we, and we saw that last year because we don't ever see Oklahoma State run 20 personnel, 21 personnel. Nope. They ran a ton of two-back formations. Because what they yeah. did last year was they said, you know what, we're just going to run this stretch play away from Gary Johnson because even as fast as he is, he ain't going to be able to work through that trash in time. Just throw an extra body to Anthony Wheeler, 
and we'll just run the football. And they, they figured out instead of try, forcing our linemen to try to get to the second level, let's just let our other running back get to the second level because he gets there a lot faster. Yeah. And the other running back moving that two back forces the linebacker to at least stall for a second and figure out what the running back is doing. And then that's why Gary – he was, you know, he was late. So the Gary Johnson was late a lot of times. So that stretch, that outside zone play. Yeah. So you're right. It was, it was something really small. Ended up being huge. And, and that, then they ran the quarterback a lot, which is something they also didn't really do a lot. Well, corn, corn dog Cor- Cornelius. Yeah, oh Cornelius. God! I think yeah. that might be his best rushing game of the season. He had more yards, but he ran it twelve times. Had two touchdowns. Had the big. I think it was the third or fourth down conversion. And he didn't have quarter. a lot of up. Yeah. Like you said, they ran him. It was, it was all about the timing, and it was all just to make to make sure that Todd Orlando would account for him in certain situations and make sure those linebackers, they would stay just another half second mm-hmm. to try to make sure that they, you know that their quarterback wasn't a run threat and then they were always late to that outside yeah. zone. You're right, it's small, but it was really, it was big. Being well coached too to understand yeah. what you're seeing and then now he has a guy that actually can be a threat at that position yeah. with this. It just adds on a multiplier effect to the Gundy offense because the Gundy offense has been one, like you said, they'll continue to beat you home with it and that's when they get into tempo when they see that mismatch. It's sort of something that we've seen from Herman throughout his time too that he'll go straight at it until that drive's over, he doesn't care and you beat it home and that's just good coaching yeah. identifying what you're up against. Yeah, that's true. Did it, it, last game Gets rice, right? Yeah. In a lot of ways, <laughs> four down. Let's go, let's go. We just saw it. From that standpoint, Rod, in, in, a lot, in a lot of ways, like Mike Gunny and Tom Herman are pretty similar in terms of offensive minds, in terms oh, of yeah. trying to exploit a weakness. And you know, they've got base concepts they lean on. But the that Texas that. offense, can we talked about how malleable it is? Like week to week, it can look and like go back to last year. Like week to week, it can look different. Mm-hmm. No question. Sometimes you can look like an air raid offense at times, and then yeah, sometimes you run the what's the cowboy back? I believe he calls it. Called yeah, the cowboy back. I, I love how they use that cowboy back. Mm-hmm. They basically. He really he's basically is an Andrew Beck. Yeah. He's basically there exactly. version. He just looks for an Andrew Beck of some kind. Yeah. Um, but in that Oklahoma State-Tulsa game, Oklahoma State did struggle. They put up only 33 yards in the second quarter versus Tulsa. That's why, that's why they, it, the score initially, Oklahoma State's up, and then Tulsa closes the gap, and it gets close, and then like they, they run away with it. Year. Yeah, so in that, that second quarter, what Tulsa did, though, they played bump and run. Now, they do have a lot of, uh, from my room for Tulsa, a lot of veteran secondary guys, senior and junior safeties and senior and junior corners. So they played bump and run man-to-man, and it did disrupt the timing of the routes a little bit. They play, they try to play a deep safety over the top. So I think that game gave uh, the, the passing game of Oklahoma State a little trouble. Oklahoma State wants to go deep, a vertical passing game. Other than Oklahoma, nobody averages more yards per attempt down the field than Oklahoma State. So they throw it down the field, which actually may work in Texas' favor a little bit. I know that sounds crazy, but you know Tyler Wallace was also leading, I think, uh, through, through two weeks he was leading the country in yards after catch. Uh, at least you know they want where they want to attack you. You know what I mean? They want to attack you deep down the field. So you can keep a deep safety back there, and maybe a Caden Stearns or a Brandon Jones or whoever's going to play your deep safety can keep them from getting some of those big chunk yardage plays. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's where they want to go. They want to go play action over the top after feeding Chuba. Yeah, all day. I, I wonder too, Rod, about their lightning personnel. I wonder if this is almost a week where – your two, you know, your boundary safety and your field safety are Caden Stearns and Josh Thompson. So that way, because we know Brandon Jones will be in the nickel whenever they have a nickel out there. Mm-hmm. And I just think Chris Brown as a joker, getting him close to the line of scrimmage. I, yeah. I really like Chris Brown as like a box that. player because of what you lose not having B.J. Foster there. Or Especially, yeah, in your sub packages when you would have DeMarvin Overson out there. I like getting Chris Brown as close what? to the box as I can. I like that. I think you're right about that. He's, he seems to be the most maybe most physical player in the secondary yeah. with B.J. Foster. That's and saying Sean a lot out. considering how many and Brandon, physical guys you've got. Exactly. Brandon there. Jones is physical, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I like that. Yeah, Brown was the type of guy that almost surprises you how physical he is because he doesn't seem to have that body type, and then you see him embracing it. It's like the physicality. Him around there just seems natural around the line of scrimmage. I got this stat about the dual-threat quarterbacks with Thailand. I want to share it just really quickly. Okay, so since 2000. Um, since 2010, with Todd Orlando as a DC, oh, you did he, a deep dive on this, right? Yeah, he is 13 and 12 as a DC versus dual threat quarterbacks. What I classify as dual threat quarterbacks, quarterbacks who lead their team in rushing are second on their team in rushing, basically top two on their team in rushing. So leading your team in passing or finish first or second on your team in rushing. So that's it. But here's the beauty of it: his time at U, since his time at Texas, he's four and two versus dual threat quarterbacks. Since his time at U of H and Texas, I won't say he's 10 and three. 
So early on, when he didn't have talented defenses, he would struggle versus dual threat quarterbacks. They would just eat him alive. Hell, Nick Saban struggles versus transcendent dual threat quarterbacks. But when he's got more talented defenses, he has, yeah, he actually has had a decent game plan versus those dual threat quarterbacks. When you're outnumbered, it comes down to your one-on-one matchups, and if you have better defenders in those one-on-one matchups, you might be able to deal with that dual threat quarterback. Yeah, I just I think that goes back to the side point, though, guys. I mean, it is so great point. So I agree with you because if if you're too at that point, Rod, if you're too linebackers then are, uh, in my opinion, based on what we've seen through the first three games, I think if size out of the mix, Jawan Mitchell and Jeffrey McCulloch are your two best options. You mm-hmm. know the downhill twitchiness of those two guys yeah. is going to be there, but you're going to sacrifice a little bit sideline to sideline and, and space playmaking for what those guys bring to the table. And then it's up to Todd Orlando to figure out, okay, within these skill sets, how do I best attack this Oklahoma State offense? Oklahoma State's offensive line is a strength. Big day, big uh, game for our defensive line. They got to they gotta show up, and they got to have a great game. If they don't have a great game, what, Texas will lose this. Which is why we said coming out of the Rice game, that group gained confidence. Yeah. Okay, we saw some tangible stuff against Rice. If, if Keandre Colburn slipped the switch, if this is the game that got mm-hmm. Taquan Graham going, yep. this is where you need to see it. Big game. For the D line, yeah. that actually you could argue it may be that may be the most important defensive group position for them. This, this could game. be that literal launching point game for a guy like Coburn because he is talented and has flashed, and you sort of saw him the last couple of weeks. But he's going to be on national TV again and against a team with a good offensive line. If you have a big game, it's going to be huge because, like Jeff already said, Osai, the type of guy like Jeff was the one coming into the season knew how big of a deal it was at linebacker, and I really didn't think you would get the performance that we've got from Osai the first three weeks so then now when he's taken away it's like I man Osai might be the most valuable piece right. to this entire defense inside no the Big 12 we didn't even know that at the I, time I, but appreciate, I appreciate that Matt like I knew Joseph Osai was good I didn't know he was going to be this good this soon <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know if anybody did MVP no. good yes yeah, he's the MVP of the defense at yes. this point so that's it's a big difference so right as we look at this Texas offense against Oklahoma State's defense this Jim Knowles defense for Oklahoma State like I said I mean we know Oklahoma State doesn't play great defense anyway, hmm. but they're not even really getting like the splash the plays, turn, yeah. like turnovers or you know Oklahoma State. You look up some years they'll be top thirty ish in a country mm-hmm. in sacks and TFLs. Yeah. Not even really seeing that from them right Usually now. Usually a high risk, high reward defense. Uh, this year that has not really been the case, but they still you know I think they trust AJ Green in coverage a lot. I've seen him get beat versus Tulsa, but he's still one of the better corners. I wonder if he'll. You know, usually guys who are your best corners, they may travel if they're playing man-to-man, but I doubt it with A.J. Green because with Texas are so many different threats, a wide receiver. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who is he going to follow? Kyle, hobbled Colin Johnson? Yeah, I mean, last year he Last ended year up was on Colin Johnson. Yeah. He was it's smashed up on. And he did a great does. job against Colin Johnson. Yeah. That's actually one of his performances, I think, that in it got NFL scouts' attention. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think for Texas, the, the benefit's going to be they can't – they don't have the means to stop you. They don't. They just don't. No, and it, you know like you mean? saw, they so, just they, they will periodically because they'll make plays, but consistently they won't be able to stop Texas. And you said you watched no. the beginning of that Tulsa game, and I watched a tiny bit of it, and but I didn't realize they actually fell behind twenty-one twenty at oh, yeah. halftime of that. And then After when you that look bad back, quarter, yeah. Well, and it, the main thing is like. They gave up big pass plays for two of the mm-hmm. drives, but then they also just let one drive just ran. Tulsa literally just ran the ball down the field yeah. on them in increments. It's like a 13-play drive, and they're getting six yards at a I time. I will say those running backs, remember last year, those Tulsa running backs who were really good, yep. Sherrod Brooks, and remember that guy? Like He's the one that was that was basically the, the workhorse when they were feeding him. They were good running backs against Texas. I mean, we saw those guys. They were good players, and they brought back at least one of those running backs, and yeah, he, they ran down Oklahoma's throat for one of those and drives. that's right after yeah. they had different receivers bust forty plus yard receptions to set up their other scores. So if yeah. you just look at how Tulsa attacked them, it's Agreed. going to be pretty good setup for Texas if Tulsa is able to get explosive pass plays left and right. I'm and mistaken. Run the ball. Tulsa went four wide a lot of the time too. Not, I mean, not that Texas can't do it with their eleven personnel, but that'd be even better. Tulsa was spreading them out. Yeah, I mean, this you just look at Oklahoma State's defensive personnel. I mean, typically there's a couple guys you recognize even from a name standpoint. Nah. I mean, for a AJ casual Green's fan, it. outside of AJ Green and maybe Calvin Bundage at linebacker. It, it's really there's a lot of turnover. Bundage is a good player. Yeah, a lot of turnover on that defense from last year. Yeah, so I think I think they uh, there'll be a high risk, high reward defense though. I think they know they can they go, it's going to be a shootout, so they just need to get turnovers. 
It's and hard to force Todd, Sam Ellinger to turn the ball over. Yeah. That's why I just trust that Sam's going to win the game. Yes, our defense is going to give up yards. I don't think Todd Orlando's going to be able to solve Mike Gundy's game plan. They got too much talent. I think they'll find a way to break through. But I know Sam is transcendent, so Sam will just have to win the game. It might come down to who gets the ball last. So what you're saying is we're Rod. talking about him like he's Vince Young. That's so awesome. No, exactly. but, and he's I feel the good. same way. I feel the same way. I just trust Sam. So what you're saying is, Rod, take the over. Take the over. Yeah, I think it's now it's at 72 last time I looked at it. It started at 69. Yeah, I'll double check yeah. it right now. It's some, yeah, take the over, man. Damn. It's moving up. It's up to 74 and a half. Goodness. It went up five points? Yeah, it opened, five plus? Where I got wow. it opened at 70 and a half, and it's up to 74 and a half. You not trust those Big 12 defenses, I guess. Texas, a five-point <laughs> favorite. So wow. we haven't talked about all the stuff that everybody else is talking about in this series. Mike Gundy's won five in a row in Austin. Oklahoma State's won seven in the last nine. They won crazy. four in a row. We've seen some bat, you know what, crazy games in this series. Mm-hmm. Officials bumping Charlie Strong and blocked extra points and Man. turnovers in yeah. overtime. And we used to see the biggest comebacks in like school history. Yes, yeah. consecutive seasons in a row. Always Bre- a fun game. Breck and, <laughs> Breck and Hager trying to Greco Roman wrestle somebody in a victory formation <laughs> last year. It's all kinds oh, of stuff. Oh, that the one where Tom Herman stomped the field. Yeah, yeah. never forget yeah, that. Yeah, that little misunderstanding. That's great. Casey Stutter did a front up. flip on a pump block that he blocked against Oklahoma State. <laughs> He'd go. It was back in the day when you could dive over the blockers, oh, and right. him and Killebrew go to jump over. They get their legs taken out, and it's Casey Stutter somersaulting and blocking a punt. Rodby, you saved it. A game against Oklahoma State. Yeah, once upon a they time almost in your got career. me one time too. Yeah, had a game-saving interception against Oak Josh State. Fields, but not the Josh Fields that was traded for Jordan Alvarez. Two different. <laughs> no, I thought it was Josh Fields. I the other was Josh Fields who played baseball. Yeah, yeah. yeah very odd. Yeah, you're right. He did, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, man. Rod, Oklahoma B, State. Rod B locking down Rashawn Woods. Man. Yeah, that was, I got beaten earlier that game for a touchdown. That's why I was upset. Then Vince Young came back with a vengeance, baby. what, his brother? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Donovan Woods, I believe. Oh, you know, yeah. I, was in the, I was in the stands for that game, Rod, the man. Oak State game. Man, imagine we had lost that game. Well, because the, the OU game was the following week, and people were starting to beat OU chance after the game, and there were people in my section looking around like, y'all just watch this game. I don't know if yeah, this team's ready to play Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> For real, that's exactly right. Yeah, like you had, oh, what, 49 unanswered to end the 4 game, and then you had 38 unanswered to end the 5 game. you guys game. believe it's been 15 years since that 4 game? That's crazy. It's the 15-year anniversary Makes me of that feel game. old. Oh, I'm yeah. real old. It's going to be it's gonna be something Matt, crazy that's going to happen. Matt, is that still, as a, as a, as a fan in the stands, is that still the best Yeah, that was the wildest, craziest game I've ever been to. 49-0 comeback was pretty crazy. That well, is pretty crazy. It, uh, it could be that wild and that crazy on Saturday. Matt, I'll start with you. Uh, you know, you could pick the line, the cover, whatever you want. Uh, how do you see this one going? Man, I've been looking back and forth at just the defense for Oklahoma State because last year they were the type of team that, as expected, not a great defense, but they did some of the things that you want a team to do, like stop Situational. on third down. Yeah. Exactly, and that's the type of stuff that doesn't seem as if they are being successful early on. Now they did, and their offenses looked pretty unstoppable, and that's the main thing. It's going to be one of those Big 12 games, and you, this where you, you're glad you're at home and you hope you get the ball last, but you just sort of got to trust which quarterback's going to make the plays and not turn the ball over because it may be that one or two possessions that you don't score or say you settle for a field goal or all those boxes that you check right now Dicker's making kicks from wherever he wants if you settle for a field goal you probably aren't going to miss it if you look at turnover ratio you're probably going to win that you've been great at it and right now somehow Oklahoma State isn't forcing any I mean they've got no fumbles I think two interceptions so they've turned over their opponents only twice and that's against garbage offenses so you look at right now against Texas I don't see how they stop Texas Mm -hmm. which is why the over under is probably right I think Texas will end up covering but it'll be scary it'll be trading shots until they screw up Texas has a seven point lead and then it becomes like a bigger than seven point victory Rodby uh, we're headed for a four four and a half hour game aren't we yeah uh, because I don't think we're going to be able to stop them uh, consistently as Matt pointed out they're not going to be able to stop Texas and Sam and that offense consistently I hate to say it, special teams is going to be huge. Yeah. You talk about a phase of the game where you can have a decisive advantage when Return you don't know game. if you're going to get one of those on defense. You're basically, it might your def your 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 great offense and their great offense might cancel each other out. And your defense, I don't know if it's going to be great or not. You don't have your MVP Joseph Asai. They're not a great defense, so I think that's going to that mediocrity and average defensive play is going to mm-hmm. cancel each other out. And where you do you have a decisive advantage in the third phase of the game that is special teams. 
that is dicker the kicker, that's your punt game, that's your punt return, your your kickoff return, hidden yardage. I hate to be that guy, but in a game where both teams are probably going to score 30, 35 points, hitting yardage is probably going to be where this game is won, and I trust Texas there. Also, I trust Sam Ellinger. So, yeah, Texas wins 34 to 31. Yeah, I didn't pick a, <laughs> kicker. I didn't pick pick a kicker. score, but I think it's going to be like, I'd say 48 to 37. Oh, okay, there you some, go. But yeah. like in, you brought up special teams. It, it's been 87 games since Texas returned to kick for a touchdown, and it was against Okie State in 2012 until that Jamison one. There you go. Yeah, you know, you remember the game two years ago, Rod, where uh, you know Sam Ellinger throws the interception in mm-hmm. overtime? That Mike Gundy couldn't stop talking about how My- Michael Dixon damn near won the game for Texas. Yeah, yeah. Mike Gundy liked Michael Dixon so much he went to Pro Kick Australia and got himself an Australian punter. Long ball, <laughs> that's Dixon, how. Baby. That's how much Mike Gundy <laughs> like Michael Dixon. That's what Michael Dixon will so, do to you. <laughs> in this game, you've got two punters both coming out of that Pro Kick Australia program. That they're Nathan Chapman. Those guys are just crazy, man. They're just producing all for kinds. Real. That's if you want to. Sorry, if you're an American high wild. school kid as a punter, you are so screwed right now because nobody's looking at you. Everybody's going to pro kick. Everybody's going over to, to Australia. You need, to, you need to go to Australia. And then they don't even have like previous American eligibility, so you have all these like literally 30-year-old Australian kickers coming to yeah. play college. Tom Hutton's have... a 29-year-old true freshman for Oklahoma wow. State. Yeah, and then you have what? My, wow. Miami's dude is full tats, all sleeves up. He'd been there for the last two or three years. He looks like he's 40, but he's, they say He's like 28, but he had all these grown men coming in and kicking. Right, I'm with you. Uh, you know, hidden yardage is going to be big in this game in terms of flipping the field because that one long possession where the offense has to drive it, maybe that's where you force a turnover mm-hmm. and get him in a bad spot. Um, I'm I'm going to take Texas because I just think Sam Ellinger's got to win one of these quarterback duels at some point. Like he's played too well not to have more of those pelts on the wall, yep. so to say. And like there's been so many things we in this series that have that gone down. weird for Texas that I just think a law of averages says at some point it's got a tip in their favor. I agree. And you know they're a good team. You know you can tell they're a good team and they're much better. They're improved than last year, but yeah. I don't I don't I have a answer. score in my mind yet, but I know I'm taking the over and I know I'm taking Texas. There you go. Yeah, if, if, te- if Texas wants to be back, this is you gotta win this game. If Texas don't beat Oklahoma State, you ain't for back. Sure. Sorry. Like you you can't say you back. This is a and season. And then you lose to Oklahoma State. Because you haven't even got to o- OU yet. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, the you can't, if you can't beat Oklahoma's little brother, then you can't you can't worry about beating Oklahoma and you ain't back. Yeah, you may yeah. beat Oklahoma, that's great, because it's a rivalry, but Texas ain't back to Texas is back to beating Oak State. We all know that's true. Yeah, yeah. got to own them, not have them beat you seven of the last nine. And exactly. Yeah, I love that you brought up pelt because you never bring up that word, but it would be nice to take Gundy's pelt after this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you got that mullet. It's like if you It'd could be just, great if our fans got mullet wigs and everybody started wearing I'm mullets. I'm growing up one almost. <laughs> I don't know, Ryan. It's going to be in the upper 90s at kickoff, man. I don't know if anybody's going to be wearing wigs in the stands at TKR Very on true. Saturday. All right, a little pause for the cause right here. One more break on the show, but when we come back, we will wrap this thing up and put it in the oven on this edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (laughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table... Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. (sighs) For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. 
This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For a limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 3131. That's promo code 3131 at vistaprint.com. Own the now. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Well, gentlemen, we'll uh, we'll see how this shootout progresses. I'm not planning on leaving the press box till about 2 a.m. because it's going to be oh yeah, it's going to be one of those games. It's going to be a long one. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Bro. Rod, we appreciate the time and the knowledge, sir. Anytime, brother, anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 104.9, 1019 AM, 1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can hear Rod be on the Rodcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. You can also hear Longhorn Blitz Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock. You can get this podcast anywhere you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. And thanks to Matt, you can get all of our archives, classic shows, classic interviews on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.